0: Yo, what's going on everybody and welcome to another edition of the JP Hoops Podcast brought to you by Book it Sports, the best app for all people in the sports gambling realm. It's a community of all sports gamblers talking about lines of the day, rumors around all professional sports leagues and college sports it is the number one place to go for March Madness if you haven't been following college basketball so closely you want to see what the experts are rolling with you have to go check out the book it sports app see where everyone is going towards and either fade them tell them at your own risk book it sports app the number one app especially for the month of March we're recording on Friday March 12th it's about 3 p.m. here on the East Coast. We have an awesome interview, the first interview for the J.P. Hoops podcast with my friend Jason Goldstein, also known as Jaybird, Bird, host of the Bird's Eye View podcast. Go check it out. He will be the one you want to listen to next week to get all things March Madness. We talk a little Syracuse and Ohio State, but Jason is a big Knicks fan, and we get into How the Knicks have been doing this season. How Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin fit into their future. Coach Tibbs for Coach of the Year. Julius Randle, Most Improved. And the whole saga now with Kristaps Porzingis being shopped in Dallas as the Knicks gave him up a few years ago. It was a great talk. Catch it in a little bit. But first, we got to talk about the whole buyout situation and quote-unquote mutually parting ways in the NBA. Now... This is something that we really haven't heard a lot about. We've seen players demanding trades, wanting to get out of their teams in the NBA more than any other sport. And something that I think we have to recognize now, while I don't like it, I believe that if you sign a contract with a team, and especially when that team does its part to try and make you a vital part of their future like what James Harden did in Houston, it could be a bit irritating. It's disrespectful. An organization like Houston did everything to surround James Harden with a championship roster to get to an NBA finals. Jimmy Butler goes into a situation in Minnesota where he has Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and he's expected to take that team to the playoffs. And while these players are unable to achieve the standards that they're expected to meet, we're all supposed to be okay with them demanding out of their respected organizations. But while I may disagree with it, and I'm sure a lot of other basketball fans do, and quite frankly other sports fans, because this is something we're very harshly criticizing in football because it's only happened really over the last year. I mean, look at what's going on. With Deshaun Watson, and everyone's ragging on him for this, and that's because he's the first superstar quarterback to really be in this position of demanding a trade. But while we all may disagree with it, we have to accept that that is where the league is heading towards, and kind of got to roll with the punches. Adam Silver has made it a point To prove to everyone that this is a star-driven league. And the players have all of the power in the world. So when they want something, they're most likely going to get it. And now we see it. We saw with James Harden earlier in the season. He got his wish. He went to a contender. We just saw with Blake Griffin. He talked to the Pistons organization. He's back uh, coincidentally with James Harden on a contender in Brooklyn. And now that we have the trade deadline coming up in two months, excuse me, in two weeks, we are seeing a lot more of it. Over the last few days, Lamarcus Aldridge and the San Antonio Spurs are going to mutually part ways. PJ Tucker and the Houston Rockets mutually parting ways. We've seen Andre Drummond riding the bench just because he doesn't want to play anymore. He doesn't want to be in Cleveland. Cleveland doesn't want to diminish his trade value and risk him getting hurt and playing in these games for a team that is certainly not competitive. So they just keep him on the bench and they're waiting to either buy him out or get rid of him. And while you may dislike it, you have to recognize that this is what the NBA has become under Adam Silver. And Silver has done a lot of good things. But the number one priority that has come across in every little thing that has gone on with the collective bargaining agreement, with rest days, with the scheduling, it's that the players are coming before the organizations. And if the players want something, they are going to get it. And that's what we're seeing, especially now in 2021 with these players. You know, there's 30 teams in the league. I think there's about maybe eight that feel they have an honest chance of winning the NBA championship this year, and that might be a stretch. But there is so much talent in this league that you are going to see great players on poor teams. Guys like Andre Drummond, P.J. Tucker, LaMarcus Aldridge, and now they're towards the back half of their career, and they want an opportunity to try to win something. And if the organization is going to satisfy those needs, then... What is there to complain about? Can't blame the players. You just have to blame the situation, the organization, and the commissioner for allowing this to happen. And look, we could talk all day about where these players should go. The Heat need a big man, they could get all three of these guys. The Lakers need some depth, they could get all three of these guys. That's not the conversation now. We will have that as we approach this March 25th trade deadline. And the buyout deadline. But... When these players say they don't want to be a part of something and the organization satisfies their needs, there is no reason to go after the players because this has been a league of accepting that this is the normal. And a guy like Blake Griffin, who's a six-time All-Star, someone who's been part of probably the best Clippers team ever, Lob City, someone who was in the conversation five years ago as the best power forward in the game just gets bought out. The Pistons don't even get anything from letting go of Blake Griffin. They get a a little salary cap help because they did sign him for a big deal. And now he could, he could just ditch that whole thing and go. It's incredible that this is what is allowed to happen, but we have to accept it and we have to just, kind of relish and let our minds run wild at the possibilities of where these all-star players can go and it'll be a lot of fun the NBA drama is almost as good as the product on the court with these superstar players going to superstar teams to make it more competitive at the top because in the end it really only matters who's hosting the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. And the competition is really going to heat up. We see the Nets reloading as much as they can. Adding every little piece to the arsenal that they can. The Lakers have the crown. They're going to try to make some moves. And there are some other teams in the league. The Sixers, the Bucks, the Clippers. That all feel like they could get there too. If they make one of these big time moves. And we're going to see a lot of it happen over the next 13 days. It's going to be really exciting to see. And now... Let's get into the first ever interview of the JP Hoops podcast with my guy, Jay Bird. And now a very exciting time for the JP Hoops podcast. The first ever guest of the show. We have Jason Goldstein with me, otherwise known as Jay Bird, the host of the Bird's Eye View podcast. And they cover every sport over there. Jason does a really great job. But first things first, before We get into some NBA stuff. We have to talk college basketball. We know that's what you love. You're an Ohio State guy. They're at worst going to be, what, a four seed in the tournament? Syracuse is playing right now. We're recording on Thursday at 1. They uh, have a one-point deficit against Virginia. They were leading at halftime. So I got to ask you, what's the situation for my Orangemen? Because I know that there's a slight chance, but I feel like we kind of had to win today if, if we wanted a shot.
1: Uh, so first off, we're going to talk college basketball. Jabird was a college nickname, went from my home friends to you being friends with Mac. So as John Rothstein says, it spreads. Yes, sir. Uh, but I, I think you should be good. So uh, la- yesterday they beat NC State and, you know, it had them still probably as that last team out needing a loss from either a Boise State, a Colorado State, one of the Mountain West teams to lose, or Xavier. And then that Xavier lost to Butler, you know, blowing a 19-point lead. I think that has Syracuse safely in the tournament, especially you know right now. I see they're now, now I see they're down three, but they're playing Virginia close. They had they were up by as many as was it twelve in the first half or ten? Yeah, I think it was twelve. So they were able to you know it's not like they got blown out of the water. I think really if they, the only way they were not gonna get into the Big Dance after that NC State win, coupled with the Xavier loss, was really getting blown out. And plus, it's it's March. You, if Syracuse beats Virginia, they're easily in at least losing to Virginia means there's some off question mark. And one of the rules of March is that Syracuse is always on the bubble. It's like Tom is a winning, although it's not doing too great right now. Yeah, it's kind of
0: crazy because, you know, when when I got to Syracuse freshman year, we were talking about this a little bit before. That was probably the best team I've seen at Syracuse with Andy White and John Gillen. And they beat Duke on that crazy buzzer beater in the dome. That team didn't make the tournament. Then the next two years, they do make the tournament on the bubble. I believe in the, uh, the year before I got to school, they were a 10 seed. They made the final four. Then my sophomore year, they were the last team in the tournament. They beat Michigan state to make the sweet 16. So Mm -hmm. they're absurd. They, they really play with my emotions way too much. And you know, this is a life I chose. I'm happy to be a accused fan, but it's frustrating. It's every March. It's the same, same spiel, but all right yeah and and we don't need to talk about ohio state yeah they're good whatever whatever
1: whatever they'll
0: they'll probably be i think minimum you have to expect
1: a lead eight right uh yeah i hope so obviously it all depends who we get uh as long as we as long as we play the team on the winning streak but these last four losses have been to three teams in the top five and tom his own march where we always lose so I'm not too worried about it. I do want to see a good win over Minnesota to at least give me confidence and then a good game against Purdue if he were to beat Minnesota, obviously. Yep, yep, you're right about that. All right, so let's get into some NBA talks. Tuesday's
0: podcast, I know you're a listener, very thankful for that. Before the season started, I had a lot of predictions, and most of those predictions have absolutely fallen flat. Terrible. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I'm not going to blame myself for was that Durant, Probably could have won MVP if he was healthy. But, you know, other than that, a lot has kind of taken me for surprise this season. So now that we are officially at this halfway mark, we have our first big slate of games since the All-Star break tonight here on Thursday, March 11th. What is the biggest surprise to you about what has happened in this first half?
1: Uh, I mean, there's obviously going to be some heavy, heavy bias here. Uh, you know, you could say the jazz, but I was big on the jazz going last year, actually. had a future on them for last year's finals. So for me, it has to be obviously the Knicks. Uh, you know, it's been an incredibly fun season. I kind of figured it was gonna be kind of a rough year where you're we you know prospecting guys, uh, maybe trade Randall to our younger guys more playing time. I was in pre- I was pretty big in the Trade Randall camp, not because I didn't like him, but because he just didn't fit into this team in this timeline. Obviously, I've been incredibly wrong. He's had a fantastic season. And it's been awesome to watch this Knicks team because I haven't been too invested in, you know, when I'm, I'm a Yankees and Giants guy and Yankees, I had Fox Sports go to stream at school. Giants was once a week, so I'd stream on Sunday or watch in primetime. But the Knicks, which is how doll shit they were, I didn't really care to go out of my way as much to watch the Knicks when I was at school and find a way to stream it and going on Reddit just because I wasn't in the mood to, turn on the, you know, stream a game and see them losing by 15, 20 points. And if we're lucky, less than 10. So uh, obviously being back in Jersey now, uh, being inside a lot more has made it easier to watch the Knicks. And part of them having not seen them for so long due to the COVID pause really made me miss them. I'm pretty, I was pretty high on RJ Barrett. And, you know, I would like to see a little more out of him. In my opinion, he gets way too much hate. All my friends always say he's ass, he's ass, he was a boss. They talk about him like he shoots... And below 40%. And while shooting can be better, RJ's taking some strides this year. People don't talk about this. I know you're a Heat guy, but his numbers this year are better than Tyler Heroes. And everyone yeah. loves the, the suck off yeah, Tyler he, Hero. He is better.
0: I think I think he is better. And I think the only reason look, I love Tyler Hero. I'm never gonna He's, talk bad about that guy because I, I'm a Heat fan. And when when with all the conversations were, oh, maybe they'll trade for Horton, maybe they'll trade for Beal. I was one of those generic Heat fans saying you can't trade this kid. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. Like, And I still think he is going to be great. But I think, you know, he kind of got shell-shocked in the finals where he was just so good and all this attention mm-hmm. came to him. And everyone wanted to talk about, oh, the Lakers had the shortest break in, in NBA history. Yeah, so did the Miami Heat. This kid's 20 years old, just coming off his first full NBA season, and he gets three months to rest. And now you're And people think he's a god now. So they just kind of threw him into the water. So I think kind of like this season could be a wash. I I kind of agreed that the heat season was going to be a wash coming in because of all that. And But yeah, at this point in the season, yeah, R.J. Barrett is better. And I was also in the trade Julius Randle camp just because I didn't think the Knicks were going to be able to sustain this. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when Thibodeau coaches defense, he he's the best at it. That's why those Bulls teams were so successful. And, you know, that's why this Knicks team is way performing over expectations.
1: And, the, and it's also the guys are buying in. Obviously, at times there was – whether it was Derek Rose, Joakim Noah, or Jimmy Butler in, in Minnesota, someone was always clashing with Tibbs. As of yet, we haven't seen that. So – That's one that's made this team special, having D. Rose in the locker room. At first, I didn't love the trade, but now I've been loving what he's been doing for us. He's been fantastic for the Knicks off the bench. Yeah, it's crazy just because I I also didn't love that trade, but it looks
0: like the Knicks are actually trying to compete, so good for them. One thing that happened in recent memory that I think kind of went towards the rebuild, and now we're kind of starting to see the fruition of this rebuild now is a few years ago when the Knicks did trade Kristaps Porzingis. Now he's a Dallas Maverick. Now the rumors coming out with the trade deadline in a couple of weeks are that the Mavericks are shopping Porzingis. Now, I've always been a Porzingis guy, and for obvious reasons, I think the fit in Dallas works. You know, another international player with Luka, the success of Dirk in Dallas. And it's not like Porzingis is playing bad. He's still a 20 points per game scorer. Obviously, his health is the biggest problem. But what do you think is going to happen with Porzingis? Is he going to go? Is there a good fit for him that's better? Why is Dallas really trying to get rid of him?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Like, for all I know, that could just be talk. Uh, in the last few years, uh, chatter has actually translated to action. I remember, you know, freshman year, oh, Paul George will get traded at the deadline. Oh, Jimmy Buck will get traded at the deadline. Never really happened. Now it seems like that's happening more. Where a player wants to get traded in season, that could happen. Uh, I'm still not sure because obviously Porzingis and Luca wanted to play together. Uh, Porzingis' value right now isn't as high as it was with the Knicks, which is strange because he hadn't played in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally think he's gonna stay. Uh, I'm not really sure where he would go. I, I mean, uh, maybe, uh, maybe a Lamarcus Aldridge Porzingis swap, but even then, the Spurs are. Uh, I mean, the Mavs would be really losing that unless they get capital from the Spurs. And uh, Pop would be, would be doing great things getting another international player. Uh, I obviously don't like Porzingis. I think it was very entitled of him for a guy who's played two and a half years to already demand a- to get out of New York. And I get the front office was a mess. It was a mess. Like, I mean, James Dolan is arguably the worst owner in all the sports. Yeah. So it definitely did bother me. And some some Knicks fans now are gonna say, I see Knicks Twitter. Oh, we won that trade. I, I I'm not gonna say we won the trade. You know, we were losers as that trade happened. Some, you know, the way I interpreted that trade, if our 23 year old superstars are manning a trade after two and a half years, why the hell would Kyrie and KD want to come here? Yeah. So to me, that meant we were not gonna get either of them. I was actually funny. We had a broken TV in our apartment. Me and my roommates, we were waiting for a reason to just like shuck it off our Chucking it off our balcony. That that ended up being the perfect excuse for it. But so, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that again. I'm not gonna say we won the trade, but we are nowhere near the losers that we were years ago. Uh, we drafted Manuel quickly with a draft pick who's been fantastic, and we got Julius Randle. Uh, and I'm not gonna sit here and say Julius Randle's a better player. I'm someone who takes you know past years in the context. But so obviously, Randall's had a better year than Porzingis, and peak Randall has been better than peak Porzingis. Yeah. Uh, but again, let's say you take the same roster and you put Porzingis on it, I don't think we do nowhere near as good. I don't think Porzingis has that defensive grittiness uh, that Randall has. Plus, Porzingis would have gotten hurt, and I don't even think the Knicks would be. I guess it's because it's the be fighting for a playoff spot. So, yeah. Like we didn't necessarily we didn't necessarily win this trade. We didn't lose a trade. I'm just happy that we're doing well now and. Don't like Porzingis. We'll see where he goes. We'll see if he stays. Uh, It does make it hard to root for the Mavs when he is there. It's also hard to root against Luka. That being said, rooting against the Mavs because we have their first-round pick unprotected.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the Mavs are a team that I expected to really do great. I think they were a bubble favorite, kind of like the Suns were, because Mm – Luca had that insane step back against the Clippers that won a couple of games that they weren't expected to win. They came mm-hmm. out the game sluggish, and now Porzingis is healthy. Luca maybe a little out of shape coming into the season, but he definitely. Yeah, I you saying that? that. Yeah, and, and now he—I mean, look, he's great. He's back in the MVP conversation. So you know, they're they're good. They're very good. We watched him last night beat up on a Spurs team that currently has the spot that they're vying for.
1: Yeah, and uh, just one last take on the Mavs. Like you, I had Kawhi as my preseason coach of the year. Uh, you know, still a good coach, but right now it's Snyder's award to lose. Maybe Thibodeau can steal it. I yep, those are my top two. I think mm-hmm. I think if if the Knicks finish in the five seed where they are right now, I think you have to give it to them just because no one expected it, right? Yeah, absolutely no one did. The fact that we're above five hundred to me is still just mind boggling. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Emmanuel quickly when you were talking
0: about uh, the Knicks and what they were able to get for Porzingis. And right now I think he's all rookie first team. I think he's one of the three best guards from the draft that we've seen. I mean, LaMelo Ball obviously is number one, but then you have, you know, the other guys wrestling for spots. What do you think, you know, obviously I think Obi Toppin, there was a lot more expectation. Someone who was a senior at Dayton, maybe mm-hmm. expected to make an immediate impact. Obviously, Thibodeau doesn't play the guys that he doesn't like. He's going to try and get every single minute out of Julius Randle that he can. Yeah. But, you know, you have a guy like quickly who is taking taken 20 picks after pretty much, and he's playing more minutes, more productive, and, you know, younger guy, and he's making an instant impact.
1: So I, I, I don't I mean it to my own horn, but I was sort of right about NBA rookies I was extremely high on Tyrese Halliburton. Yes, he was personally no. number one choice at that draft pick. Yep. Uh, and once he went to the Kings, I'm like, he could not have went to a better fit. Uh, I, I didn't hate Obi at the time. You know, I wanted Halliburton because I just thought with Obi, with, you know, Knox there, with Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and just more forwards Taj to Gibson that was going to clog the paint. And while Obi was a good college three-point shooter, it was going to take some time to transition in the NBA and working on his and increasing those shooting abilities in the big leagues, uh, but again, you know, he's been injured early on. He's still adjusting to the game, going from playing in the A10 to uh, the NBA is a lot different. And I'm, I, I'm not going to jump on his case after one year. I mean, look, people got on Debo's case after one year. People got two cases to get on rookies' cases now after one year, especially when he's in New York. I think that's the big thing. My like, people are getting on his case, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give up on Ovi yet, even if I necessarily did want uh, Hallie Burton. But I love the quickly pick. I remember seeing like D, C minus grades, D grades. I was big on quickly when we drafted him. I watched a decent amount of Kentucky this year, uh, or last year, I guess. Bet on them last year, which was doing me well last year. If you bet on them this year, obviously not. And so I watched a lot of quickly, and I was a big fan of him. I actually was kind of hoping for Maxi at the time. I think he got picked right before us. But I was still when we drafted quickly because so I'm like, watch this guy a ton of Kentucky. He's a good player. He's got a three-point stroke. I've seen him get really hot for Kentucky the way he does with the Knicks. Uh, He is a bit of a microwave. So I was happy about it, even if Knicks Twitter and just professionals weren't uh, happy about it. So I'm loving the way Quickly's been. I hope he can continue to step up. I wish Chibs would give him more playing time instead of playing Peyton so much. But, hey, he's a young kid, Quickly, and I'm really excited to see his future for this Knicks team because he is special.
0: Yeah, I guess our two teams know best probably can't really go wrong with drafting Kentucky guys, you know. They're they're all mm-hmm. top twenty recruits, five star recruits, and and you know, the way Cal like Kevin Knox Yeah Hey, you know what? I loved Kevin Knox coming out of school. And I still think he's like what I mean, I remember his thing was wasn't he like seventeen or eighteen when he was drafted? And yeah, now, he
1: was I still think he's that young
0: kid. But
1: he's got I I wanted MPJ, but I did like Knox because of the Fortnite jacket. So that definitely, when Fortnite was big at the time, so. <laughs> but I'm kind of, we'll see with Kevin Knox. I, I don't love him. He's been better this year. And, I, and obviously, we know Kentucky players, they could develop really quickly, so. Yeah.
0: Let, let's, let's not give too much credit to MPJ because, uh, so one, a mutual friend is going to be listening to this podcast and we can't get mm-hmm. him up
1: of no. Yeah, we can. not I guess I'm Jokic too much to him.
0: Yeah, no. I can't even talk about it. Because I know he, he'll he have something to say. So, um, <laughs> uh, but all right. So big Knicks fan. Highest mm-hmm. you guys have been since what? Mellow? Th- you've never been 500 at the all-star break since 13. Yep. So what is the
1: expectation now with now two months to go before this play-in tournament? So I'm cautiously optimistic about this team. Uh, You know, I've seen the peak for us has been the three-game winning streak and then losing. They haven't won more than three games this season. It's been, you know, three or four times now. And, you know, I've seen games where they look incredibly bad, where the the offense struggles mightily, but there are games where the defense will overlapse. I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, four through 15 in the East is really – or four through 14. It's really separated by just six games. So it's relatively close. Uh, I'm hoping that we can fight for a spot. I'm not going to get here and say, oh, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs for sure. I think that the teams like the Celtics, the Raptors, will get right over the Knicks, uh, even the Miami Heat, uh, the Indiana Pacers, although we've played them exceptionally well this year. Uh, that being said, you know, I'd be, if we get top six, I will be, like, dancing my room, freaking out, just unbelievably stunned. If we're in that play-in tourney, win or lose it, I'll still be content with the season because – I never would have thought we were going to sniff the play-in tournament coming into this season. And even if we – let's say we don't miss the playoffs, I think we'll finish ahead of the Cavs, the Magic, and the uh, Pistons, which will put us at the 11-12 area. And even then, I'd be happy. It'd obviously be disappointing because to get close and not make it. But I just have to be happy with the way this Knicks team's overachieved so much. No one expected to come into the year. No analysts, no, no NBA fans, no Knicks fans. So it really has been a special year, and for now, I'm enjoying the ride. And hey, if they tail off by the start of April, at least they got me through uh, the baseball off season. So that's what I'm just ha- I'm just happy right now about this team. I really it, am.
0: It, it's nice when, uh, and obviously I'm not a Knicks fan, but just being in the area and you mm-hmm. know having friends that are Knicks fans, it's nice to see them with hope because there hasn't been hope in so long. And and whenever there is hope, it's like oh, yeah, they, they beat the, you know, the Heat or the uh, Lakers. the, the by 20. Yeah, exactly. And, th- and they win those games. Then they go and play the Hornets the next day, and, and they lose that game by 50 points. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's no real hope to the team. And when I look at the playoff picture, you know, the teams above them are better. You know, you have the Nets, the Bucks, uh, I think the Celtics and the Sixers. And then mm-hmm. there's a couple teams at the bottom. I think the Heat are going to be fine second yeah. half of the season. I think the Pacers are going to be really good after that. I don't think there's any team that that could compete with them. If the Hawks really put it all together under McMillan, maybe. But other than that, I mean, I, I think that they basically go toe to toe with all these guys. And I don't know if any team has a player better than Julius Randall, to be honest, that that's going to be able to take them down
1: from where they are absolutely I mean, I mean it's just everything he's been doing his defensive prowess and that's one thing that really helps his defense even no matter how limited you are offensively uh, we've seen that defense is the is the most important thing in the nba and even in the nfl at least similar to the super bowl but you know that Bulls, the timberwolves have high octane offenses horrible defenses i mean the timberwolves are one of the worst teams in the nba despite having like three guys who can score 20 points per game and that's what's happening with this next team again i think we only have three guys in double figures, I guess four if you include Derek Rose, uh, but it's the defense. And that's why that, that's what's going to keep us in this season. I'm just hope with all the games being scrunched in, in the second half, the guys don't eventually get worn down. Cause that's one thing Thibodeau has a penchant for doing is where is the wear and tear on his players. But Hey, for here, I'm along for the ride. I camped believe 19 and 18 at the all-star break. And I just have a, have had so much fun watching this next scene. Easily the most fun I've had since, the 2012-2013 days, and I'm just hoping for a bright future, whether it means keeping this core together or maybe uh, it actually starts to attract not even a, a Kawhi Leonard or a, a Paul George-level free agent, uh, but even some more guys who going to be key role players and we could start building something special. That's that's what I'm looking forward to for this next team. My guy Jay Bird, Jason Goldstein. Go check out the Bird's Eye View podcast. When's it drop? every week once a week uh same with similar to you so every tuesday every friday i will say so follow my instagram the birds Eye view podcast uh j birds i view on twitter and for next week i'm having uh, a special friend a good friend of mine is a very well-known college college basketball expert amongst the people at, at ohio state class of 2020 he someone somebody everybody kn- kn- knew this kid so he's going to come on next week just one episode next week dropping on wednesday full full tournament preview go check that out and keep checking out jp hoops because he knows his nba stuff and it's become my top nba podcast to listen to there you go listen to him before the games
0: at noon friday and then come listen to me for all the nba stuff so perfect setup my guy thank you for coming on this was a ton of fun and i appreciate it
1: it was awesome to be on uh once college basketball is over and i'm focusing more on nba i definitely want to have you on Yes, sir. I'm ready to go whenever you want me. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Pora.
0: All right. That was my guy, Jay Bird, Jason Goldstein. Go check out the Bird's Eye View podcast, available wherever you get your audio offerings. Same days as the JP Hoops podcast, Tuesdays and Fridays. He covers all different sports. He's a good friend, and I love talking sports with him because he really knows. What he's talking about. So go check him out. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. We are hoping to have an interview every Friday. Some people possibly the book it sports community. Some of my buddies, especially with the second half of the season. Really things are starting to ramp up and we want to get some more exciting content out for you guys. So I hope you enjoyed that and enjoy what is to come. All right. So let's look at some of the big games for the weekend starting tonight, Friday, March 12th. NBA TV doubleheader the Nuggets in Memphis taking on the Grizzlies Grizzlies trying to get back to their winning ways and into that playoff conversation in the nightcap the Pacers taking on the Lakers shadow Karis LeVert who is set to make his debut tonight against the Lakers after having complications with his kidney a mass in his kidney that he got surgically removed after he was traded from Brooklyn to the Pacers. Set to make his Indiana debut tonight. Very great to see a player with so much promise like him. And having such a tough thing to come back from. And a trade that literally saved his life. Because he got the physical and that was determined. And they were able to get it out of him. So uh, thank God for that. And it's going to be awesome to see him on the basketball floor tonight. Uh, Saturday night NBA TV. Triple header starting at 2 p.m. with the Knicks Thunder. 7 p.m. Pistons Nets. And then Saturday night, Mavericks Nuggets. Nuggets back to back on NBA TV Friday and Saturday. As for Sunday, 4 o'clock, NBA TV Jazz Warriors, 6:30, Spurs 76ers. And the nightcap on ESPN, the Lakers, excuse me, the Clippers of Los Angeles in New Orleans taking on the pelicans and as for monday night on espn a doubleheader the battle for new york the knicks and the nets the city of new york will go absolutely bonkers if the knicks win this game i know that brooklyn is the best team in new york and that's obvious but as a new yorker myself and actually recording this segment of the podcast in new york city manhattan it's not even close how many more nick fans there are Than Brooklyn fans. And with a Knicks team like this, a team that Jay Bird even said a diehard Knicks fan that hasn't been this good in a decade for them to take down the big bad Nets on ESPN would be an absolute sight to behold. So it'll be one to watch for sure. I'm not sure how competitive it's going to be, but at least for the conversation, it's going to be electric and at night, of that day Monday March 15th the Lakers taking on the Warriors last time these two team played LeBron showed Steph what's good but Steph feeling good after this all-star break yes they had a tough loss to the Clippers on Thursday night but in a nationally televised game I expect him to show out just like he did on all-star Sunday all right that'll do it for this week's episode of the JP Hoops podcast presented by Book it Sports. Go check out the Book it Sports app available in the App Store or Android Store. Also follow them on Twitter at Book it HQ. Follow me in the Book it Sports app at Jay Pora. I appreciate you all. Thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon.